It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Tottenham face Manchester United in the Premier League on Sunday as Jose Mourinho comes up against one of his former clubs yet again. Today, I'm joined by Charlie from Coy's Daily, Bobby from Bobster TV, David the Irish Hotspur and Cody Mack to discuss all things about this game, including a brief tactical analysis and looking ahead as how Spurs may get something out of this one. I'm Matt Hayes and you're watching the Tottenham Fan Voice Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Matt Hayes Tottenham Blog and to this week's edition of the Tottenham Fan Voice Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by an esteemed panel of four fantastic guests to look ahead to what is a big, big game in Tottenham season as we look to revive or run into the top four. We, of course, face Manchester United. We'll be going through the team news, predicted 11s, score predictions, tactical analysis, everything you need to know ahead of this one on Sunday. Um, look, we're going to dive straight into things and I think with the mood around the fan base at the moment, I think the best way to start this is just asking, we'll start with you, Charlie. How are you feeling about Spurs going into this game? Look, Spurs have just, um, they've really got the better of me um, these last few days, probably since the Newcastle game, really. The the most painful thing is, like, after the Villa game, um, it kind of looked like we might go on a run, but then that just all came crashing down um, against Newcastle, which was the most painful thing. So, look, coming up against Man United, um, yeah, it doesn't get any easier, does it? If we're allowing Newcastle with Joe Linton up front, 22 shots, then I dread, I, I do fear this game a lot. I really do. Um, I think it, I think we do have a chance because um, if you look at the way Man United are playing, they're um, they're not playing great, to be honest. They're just, just about getting by in games for a lot of the time this season. So for that reason, I do give us a slight chance. But with the way we're playing against any opposition, let alone second in the league, um, I'm not. I'm really not feeling great about Spurs at the moment. Yeah, I'd say that is uh, the general feeling uh, among a lot of the fan base at the moment. But I suppose like you mentioned there with Manchester United in, in second place in the Premier League. That is, of course, true. But I personally don't think they're a side who are who are good enough of, of and worthy of being in that position. And Bobby, oh. it's it's a criticism a lot of people could give to United that they're they're underperforming, their, but their results are uh, what's working for them. But at the end of the day, isn't that isn't that all that matters in football? Yeah. What what we do for underperforming and getting results on the uh, on the board? I mean, all we've done is underperform and not get the results, which isn't a good combination at all. All I'm looking for, mate, is a bit of positivity, mate. A bit of positivity to come out of the match. Like like, like Charlie just said, there was a, a hint of that after the Villa game. 
Um, but we just we just need that back. Um, a bit of Cody magic, and I'm sure you get to him later. But he's, he's one of the most positive guys out there at the moment. And uh, obviously David's rubbed, rubbed off of him. But, but uh, yeah, we just uh, put all this negativity, this lying just to save his own face and all that, which I despise. But put up, just want to put all that to one side. Nice three points against Man United, the double, closing that gap, if not going to top four. Um, yeah, yeah, just 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 really in need of some positivity from uh, from the Spurs lads this, this, this weekend. Yeah, I fully agree with you. David, how are you feeling ahead of this game? Well, Bob wants positivity. I'm here to deliver. <laughs> no, no. You know what I mean? I do, look. I did say after the Newcastle game that I wouldn't be surprised if we went and bet United this week. Look, they're, they're off the back of a European game. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So that'll work in a favour. Hopefully there'll be... Um, Hopefully, they'll be less energetic coming in against us. But, um, no, look, we're Tottenham on our day. We can beat anyone. You know what I mean? Ole Gunnar Shoeshiner's coming to town. I've been waiting for this one for a while, and I just have faith that the boys and Jose won't let me down with this game. They just won't. Well, they're definitely uh, famous last words of a Spurs fan. Cody, do you want to inject uh, even some more positivity into, into this one? How are you feeling? Well, look, you know, if we went back to the start of the season and I could have told you that we'd be sitting here two points up top four with eight games to go and have an opportunity to do the double over Man U at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you would have snapped my hand off. So it's a huge opportunity for us. And we find ourselves as a fan base with this with a big negative mindset and rightly so. But if you just kind of remove all that noise out, we're actually in a, still in a very good position. And uh, yeah, I mean, the negativity has been spiraling out of control here on social here this week. And, uh, you know, it's justified, but life's about balance. So somebody's got to pull in the positive direction. I mean, come on, you Spurs. We've got a chance here. Let's do it. Absolutely love that. A lovely balance here of realism and positivity in the live chat. I absolutely love it. Uh, and look, that's a thing you mentioned there. We're two points off the top four. And we is still in with a very realistic chance of, of getting this done. If it wasn't for uh, a lucky goal for Newcastle at the end of that game on Sunday, we would have been sitting in the top four for a while. And Charlie, I'll come to you on this one. Spurs, look, the, the meltdown in the fan base and the, the disappointment and the frustration is entirely warranted. But the way this team is playing and even the games that we win, sometimes the way we go about doing that. But do you think things seem a bit worse than they are because we're losing the very, very important games? Like we went on a run there of winning four games in six uh, I think we won four and five in the Premier League, but it's because of the Arsenal defeat and the Zagreb defeat that perhaps things seem a little bit worse than they are. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny that because you look at our form, we're one of, on paper, one of the form teams in the league, um, which is weird. Um, so, look, yeah, but those those two defeats, come on, there's there's no getting away from how embarrassing both of them were. So go and play like that in a North London derby and to arguably have the biggest European capitulation um, for a while for, from what I've seen as a Spurs fan, um, to be honest, um, our t- in our time in Europe. So, um, look, um, it's difficult. It really is difficult to be positive. And as you said there, the four, the sort of that run we went on, the three wins in a row, you look at those games, like the trouble is this season we've lost, like, what is it? Eight out of nine games against the top half sides, which is which isn't good enough if you want to, consider yourself um for a top four race um and as look right now yes the table it doesn't lie we are um a couple of points away from fourth however um it's look the way we're playing and and the way we do against top half sides with um united and everton coming up we could be in two weeks time 
Um, I don't think any of us would be shocked if we're completely gone and we're completely out of that top four race um, due to the um, our struggles against better opposition. And the mentality, the mentality has been the main thing for me. The mentality has been shocking, quite frankly. As I said, when we are Tottenham, these guys are grown men, these players. They're grown men and they're genuinely, whenever the slightest, like, fine margin of thing goes wrong they crumble they're, they're like they're like cookie crumble whatever you want to call it the cake mix stuff they crumble that easily mm -hmm. um some of these players and i said it on we are tottenham that um until um until we get rid of the players that we need to get rid of and bring in the players we need to bring in um we won't progress as a club unfortunately and that's just that's just the way it is because there's so much we need to do to move forward like as, look we could go and beat man united on sunday for all i know however i look at it in the long term and i want to see long term because we know yes these players we know we saw back in november i'll use that as um, an example we can have it. We can have a couple of good games. We, you saw them. We beat Arsenal, City, um, as well. We can go on kind of a run where we have a couple of good games. However, we all know deep down with these, with some of these players, that long term, there will always be the frailties there, and the mistakes will always come back and bite us eventually. So that's how I see it. I, I look. We could eat, as I said, knowing Tottenham after the Newcastle result, we could go and win against United. But I don't want to get carried away with anything at the moment because. We need to ship. We need to have a big summer. We need to ship out these players and get in proper players that want to be here. So that's my opinion on our situation at the moment. But look, at the moment, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen um, this season? Yeah, it really is anybody's guess. It always is the way with Spurs that you can just simply cannot predict what is going to happen. But in this uh, crazy season uh, in Spurs, that they're all-time craziest from what I've seen, so unpredictable. I think it, it is anybody's guess as to what could happen here. But focusing a bit more now on the game ahead on Sunday. Jose Mourinho said there are only two uh, injury or absentees for this game, and it is Ben Davis and Matt Doherty, who, of course, both missed that game against Newcastle on Sunday. So there are, there are no new injury concerns for Spurs. Bobby, do you think Jose is in a situation now where if, this, if we don't win this game, he has to take the full blame himself because of the almost clean bill of health the team has? Yeah, I just want to say, I think unintentionally, he, he probably produced one of the most comedic uh, press conferences starts of the season when he said... When he was asked about the team news, he said, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Doherty and Davis are out. You know, and I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> I thought, yes, mate, even you, we've got you. We've got you. We, we, we agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I think we're at the point now, aren't we, Matt, where even if we lose a game, I don't think we're surprised now. You know, when you stand mm -hmm. back and, and think about the Newcastle game, we're not surprised. And, and likewise, you know, a lot of pe people have been saying, oh, it's typical of Spurs... If we beat, I don't know why I'm shaking my head. That's that's the Indian side of me coming out. But it'd be typical of Spurs. It'd be typical of Spurs if we beat Man United. I don't think it would be typical of Spurs because we haven't won a, a big game this season. I mean, yeah, we look at 6-1 against Man United. But when it counts, we haven't won a, a big game this season anyway. So I don't think it would be typical of Spurs. And if we're honest, if we lose, it's kind of what we expect anyway. I, I still rule by my heart and, and, and say Spurs are going to win. But um, with regards to if we lose, it, all season, it's been a, a, a collective fault. So the manager has to take the blame. The players need to take the blame. But more importantly, and largely, the board have, uh, have had to take the blame. But a whole different five shows, that is, Matt. A whole different show, that is. But, um, yeah, it's been a collective. Uh, uh, and like I say, we wouldn't be surprised if we, if we lost Man United, which is probably uh, a detriment. It's, 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 you know, it just says it all, really. 
Yeah, it does. That's the it's a damning indictment, but a very accurate mm. one of, of the situation Spurs are in right now. And look, as I said, it's, it's a whole other show with that. And there are some fantastic shows out there on YouTube in recent weeks from these uh, fantastic content creators uh, talking about the situation Spurs. So do make sure to go check those out if you haven't already. But David, the first big decision Jose has to make ahead of this game against Man United is the 11 that he's going to select. And like we said, with only Doherty and Davis out, it's almost a full team to choose from. It's a team that in the past, when, when he joined Spurs, he said he was so happy to, uh, to inherit and there was so much talent and this and that and the other thing. We'll start, first of all, with the defence. Who do you think he should select? And then who do you think he will select? Um, I think he should definitely regular on at left-back. Um, well, Ben Davies is out, so, you know, that picks itself. Um, I want Roden to start again at centre-back. I want Toby in beside him. And I want, for this game, I want Aurier, uh going forward, who I think we will see regular on. Um, it wouldn't be surprised to see Toby and Sanchez, to be honest with you, or Dyer and Sanchez, and then Tanganga right back. That's what I think you might see. But in terms, I just don't think it's the right game to play Tanganga right back for this game. Look, United, they're, they're, counter, they're, they're very good out wide. They have a lot of pace to get in behind us. And for me, with Tanganga like, learning the role at right back still, I don't think it's a good idea to play him there. For me, you need Aurier there, you know, because at least he, he kind of has the timings right of when to go forward and that, and he won't be leaving big gaps like we've seen against Newcastle down that side. So for me, it has to be Aurier at right back. Yeah, I, I agree with you, to be honest. I think Tanganga... Look, we, I think me and you, David, definitely feel about the, this way. I'm not sure if the rest of you think the same, but in terms of Jaffa Tanganga, his future is is at centre-back. I don't think he is a yeah. right-back. He doesn't have the, yeah. the ability to go forward. I think he just yeah. has the physicality of, that, of a centre-back. But if Jose Mourinho sees him as a right-back, I don't think there'll be too much development of him in the middle of the defence in the future. Uh, but Wayne Bonner here with the £2 Super Chats. is 3-0 Spurs on Sunday. Toby and Roland start. Wayne, thank you so much for the Super Chat. It is, as always, massively appreciated. Anybody else, if you do want to get those Super Chats in, it guarantees that your comment or question will be read out and answered. And it's a good way to support the channel as well. So it would be massively appreciated if you did do that. Um, Cody, we'll come to you in this one. Uh, in terms of centre-backs, do you agree with Wayne that it should be Toby and Roland? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for the third match day in a row, we're going to learn a whole lot about our football club by the team selection, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is there's been key players who at times this season have been our best players that are being left out of the squad for reasons that are not related to their talent level, whether it's a effort, attitude, uh, descent, whatever you want to say. I think last week uh, proved that we can't rely on our, our secondary players to get the job done, even against a team like Newcastle. So is Jose going to keep the stubborn the stubborn uh, path here and, and keep those dissenting players out, out of the picture, or are they going to get another chance here? You know, I'm really looking for the dressing room situation to, to be resolved at some point here. I mean, it's getting to the point where it might be too late. Yeah, I totally agree with David. You know, Toby, Aurier, two of the guys who we've seen dropped for uh, – for whatever reason, need to come back in and need to bring their A game if we're gonna if we're gonna be able to beat this club. Yeah, again, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's it's all well and good swapping up this team and for having the like wanting to get those players that you feel aren't playing for the badge or bad influences in the dressing room. You want to get them out of the side, but at the end of the day, we do need their quality at, at times because of the the lack of depth we have on our team. And if you look at Alder Viral as an example. Whatever's going on there, we don't know what's going on there because Jose decided to lie about it in the press and said, even if he could have just saved face and made a kind of dismissive comment, but no, we had to outwardly lie about it. Um, we're not going to know what's going on there. And he, I think he is someone that we do need to see come back into the team. <coughs> uh, we got Wayne here with another five pounds, says Tanganga and Roden are a future centre back pairing. Wayne, thank you so much again for that super yeah. chat. And well, Charlie, do you, do you agree with that one? 
Yeah. Um, so in terms of the um, the back four um, for Sunday, I think um, as, as um, I think it was Bob and David said, um, it has to be Toby and Roden um, in the middle. I've had enough of Dyer and Sanchez. He had a couple of good games, but at the end of the day, the Newcastle game was exactly why I said to everyone, don't get carried away about him because you know that he's only like one one performance away from sort of costing us. Um, so it would be it has to be Toby and Roden. Roden, who's been for he was our best by far out of the back four on, on Sunday. By far, he was the best one. So I think Roden deserves to keep his place. Toby has to come back in. Throughout the season, I've never understood why Jose keeps taking him out the side at times, um, which is what which is one of my big which has been my biggest critic of Jose. Um, I've had a few uh, more recently, but for the majority of the season, that's what I've criticised him for a lot. Just not not consistently playing Toby and all the time. So I'll go Toby and Roden. Regulon, obviously, at left back. And then um, right back, I think Aurier, you have to bring him back in because um get to get those balls into the box. And as well, Tanganga, um, he didn't he didn't do a lot um against Newcastle. I thought he struggled um, at times there. And on, on the Tanganga thing as well, um like that's something that Jose, I really just can't see where he's coming from with how he sees him as a right back because in the modern day as a fullback you need to have defensive capabilities and attacking capabilities and we know of Tanganga that it's been well documented that all of his stages of youth level football have all been that he's developed as a centre-back from literally the day one of his football so how Jose only sees him as a right back just makes no sense to me at all I think he's definitely a guy um, David as well I, I remember comparing him to Ledley King which I think you can see kind of um, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Ledley King but you can see kind of the similarities there I mean he definitely has that potential to reach and potentially that level so yeah I don't understand why he sees him as a right back I think his future is definitely a centre back for me yeah, again, uh, completely agree on that one. Uh, Bobby, one question I want to bring is what formation uh, could Jose use to, to approach this game? Because we've seen him use throughout the season, uh, kind of began in a 4-3-3. He's reverted to a 4-2-3 one at times as well. But in the last couple of games, it's been the, the very same 11 and a 4-4-2 against Aston Villa and Newcastle. Do you think he's going to stick with that against United uh, on Sunday? Or would you um, expect him maybe to go with something more expansive? No, I hope not. I think 4-2-3-1 or the 4-3-3 probably works best for us, especially yeah. with... You know, for, for the for the midfield, you know, it has to be Pierre and Dembele and Lucas in the number ten, uh, or the attacking midfield would twenty eight will look for it. Look at look at it. The, uh, you know, he has to go with the try and test him. Lucas is probably as well as Kane. And I, I don't know if you agree with me, lads, but he's probably been our most informed player of late. Um, yeah, against Newcastle he was probably probably off, but even then, I thought he was uh, one of our better players and deserved to stay on more than. Uh, than um, uh, you know other 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 players who, who do so um, yeah for me as long as the likes of Pierre um, and Dembele and um, Lucas start and then the front three obviously you have got Kane um, but I'm sure you'll get into it but for me yeah it'd be four 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 three um, four three three or four two um, three one yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I think look David I'll come to you on, on the point of Lucas Moore as Bobby's touched on there he's he's played in the number 10 for the last month month and a half and he's been very influential in there and for me he's been one of our one of our best players but in the 4-4-2 in recent weeks he's been pushed out a bit wide uh, again and it hasn't really worked for him do you think perhaps we need to go with a, a more kind of compact or a more uh, full midfield to get him in that number 10 role um no, look, look, with Lucas, let's be honest, it's a stopgap. He's not a Christian Eriksen type of player who can keep the ball, he can rotate left to right and, and, and keep a sustained attack going. So for me, look, he's great for he's great there until the end of the season with his yep. pressing, getting up beside Kane. 
But I do have a theory that I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see us score three centre-backs, two full-backs, three across the middle and two up front. And the reason why I say that is because United are weak straight down the middle of their defence. Straight down the middle, they're weak. So if we can get bodies in midfield to turn the ball over and get quick ball to Son and Kane up top, there's no reason why we can't get in behind them. Look, I do. I I probably do expect to see maybe a four-two-three-one. To be honest with you, but I just don't. I just think we're at not and trying to get in behind Wambasak and stuff like that. For me, you need to target Lindelof, Maguire, target their um. You know they're not the quickest of lads. So for me, if you can get Harry Kane dropping a bit deeper, swivel on the ball, get the ball in behind for Son, or you can get uh, maybe Lacelso or Endombele picking up the ball and driving forward with Heiberg sitting there in front of the back, the three centre backs with your two wing backs overlapping. I do think we, we, we'd have a good shot of getting at United. But ultimately, I do think we probably will see the 4-2-3-1. I think we'll try and match them up. Yeah, I, I think that is something that uh, I was on the Chiefs and podcast last night. I spoke about that. And, and Wayne makes a similar point here. And Wayne, again, with another £5 super chat. Thank you very, very much. Go, says uh, 4-3-3 against United. Take some of the work off of Hoybier's shoulders. And yeah. this is something that it's one of the, the criticisms you could give of a 4-4-2. Because it's very rigid, stubborn. And it can keep you uh, keep it quite compact and make you difficult to break down. But you immediately lose a man in the midfield. And with United playing a double pivot, whether it's Fred and McTominay or Pogba and McTominay, which I would expect it to be. Uh, all of a sudden, that's there too up against Hoybjerg and Dombele. And then you have Bruno Fernandes picking up that space in between the lines. And he is the chief creator. He's the main uh, aspect of that United team. So I do think even though the 4-4-2 has potential to work for us, if we can get that 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, whatever it is, have a double pivot of Ndombele and maybe yep. Lacelso or, or Lucas if he's dropping deep yep. out of possession and let Hoybjerg pick up that space in between the lines to patrol uh, Bruno Fernandes, I think it's something that we really need to do. Can I and ask would you take a question? A lot of the... Yeah, go ahead. Do you think maybe he switched to the 4-4-2 maybe? Because, you know, we've all seen that stat where we give away the most passes in our own half and it's suicide. You can't keep doing it. Do you think maybe he switched to the 4-4-2 to be able to go longer to avoid that? I mean, it's, mm, it's interesting. Do you want to take it, Bobby? Yeah, I just think the whole purpose of the 4-4-2 was just to see how Vinny and Kane played together, if I'm honest with you. Um, obviously... 4-4-2 wasn't a, a, a definitive 4-4-2. Purely and simply, we saw Kane uh, coming a lot, a lot deeper than than uh, than he'd probably do if we were playing 4-2-3-1 or or 4-3-3. But um, yeah, I think uh, Vinicius had a lot to do with with us playing 4-4-2 because he had a goodish game against Villa. And let's be honest, in, on paper, Newcastle have been uh, have been worse. So when they tried and te- tested, which I, I was just excited when, when the team was announced, but. Um, I don't, I don't foresee him starting with Vinny and Kane, and and I think that's probably for us to go four four two. I, I would think he would have to start with Vinny and Kane, which I don't think we're, we're going to do that against uh, United. Yeah, I think it'll be putting a lot of responsibility on on Vinicius's shoulders to to start him in a game like this. And yeah. look, David made an interesting point there about um uh, maybe go with a three five two to put a lot of pressure on Lindelof and Maguire. And I suppose yeah. another thing what that would do is it would free up Regalon to really really bomb down that left hand side. And one of the main things uh, I've noticed with United's defense this season is Wambasaka, as good as a one on one defender he is, everything else just isn't there for him. The the positional awareness the the kind of track and runs and things like that. He's often caught very, very narrow, pulling right into Lindelof. It creates a lot of space down that left-hand side. If we can exploit that and get Regalan putting balls into the box uh, for Kane or for Vinicius or whoever it, it does end up being in there, I think it'll be a very, very interesting way to, to try and uh, break United down. It could lead to maybe a bit of an over-reliance in going down that side, which United could you know, cop onto and try and uh, double up on, on Regalan, whatever it is. But I think that could be a good way to 
to attempt to exploit uh, that. And look, if that is what we do, someone like Gareth Bale coming in at the back post uh, on top of Luke Shaw could be a really good way for, for us to maybe get a couple of goals there. And I suppose, Cody, I'll ask you now, do you think this is a game where, where Gareth Bale starts? No. I, honestly, I can't see Gareth Bale starting any games going forward. You know, I think he's he's probably one of the players that has gotten in Mourinho's bad books a little bit. And uh, although he has had a positive impact against some of the lesser sides, when uh, he, he's made his biggest impacts against the better sides coming off the bench, you know, against Man City and against West Ham, uh, you know, you think of some of the bigger moments that he's been called upon to start. He's been a little bit anonymous and... Uh, Obviously, the the tracking back is a little bit of an issue, but I do think what David was saying about setting up with a back three is something that we could see. You know, one thing that was kind of proven last week is that, you know, with the amount of uh, possession that we give up in the midfield, we, we just don't possess enough speed as a unit to be playing up and down attacking football because you saw last week, John Joe, Sel- John Joe Shelby was looking like prime Luka Modric. Anytime that we turn the ball over in the midfield, all it took was one good pass and there was space for everyone in the Newcastle side to be uh, coming into. So look, I, I know nobody's going to really like this, but I would say you uh, are going to have to look to- for Jose to set up to uh, stifle Man United and hit them on the counter. Yeah, look, it's it could be the something that we don't want to hear, but maybe it is the, the best way to, to get something out of this game. Uh, Wayne here with another five pounds. Wayne, you're an absolute legend. Says, I was thinking the same as David. Crowd the spine of the pitch and force them wide and hit them fast and hard. Uh, Charlie, do you, do you think that's a, a good way to approach this in those kind of counters down the middle? Yeah, I think um, you were saying about Wan-Bissaka. Um, he is a brilliant one-on-one defender, as we know. Um, apart from that, I know he doesn't offer a lot going forward, but I think um, we've seen it in Europe. He's pocketed the likes of Neymar um, in the Champions League this season. So I think um, the free the free at the back, um, I've never been keen on it personally. However, I can see where David was coming from with it. I think the two up top, if, I think if we're going to target a certain area of them, I agree. I think it has to be um, Lindelof um, and Maguire. I think um, with pace there, if you, if you put Son... If Son's kind of down the middle alongside Kane, I think he can kind of run in behind because we know with Lindelof and Maguire, they 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 don't they're not blessed for pace at all. So I think you can kind of get Son running um running between the lines in there. Um, I think the midfield, I think it's important we do um go for a three in midfield, whatever um whether it's a back three or four. I think it's important we go over three because um. Like you said, we don't with a four four two, and there's only two in midfield. You don't Bruno Fernandez; he can pick up that space um, in behind the two midfielders. So I think we need the extra body in there, and I'd quite like to see us go for um, Pierre um, Tangai and um, Lacelso um, in that midfield. I think it's something we need to try in a free. Um, I think um, look, obviously, um, if we kind of if you're sticking with Lucas in that number ten, and you kind of switch it to a diamond formation, which um, I'm not so sure on because um, that means the central midfielders have to kind of track. Um, the um track the um United fullbacks and wingers. Um so that could be difficult. So I think you have to stick with a four three three um and not go to this diamond formation because we saw it under Poch. The diamond formation um doesn't particularly work, especially when you're coming up against um high caliber teams um like Man United. So yeah look it's an interesting point that David made about the three. Um and I can definitely see where he's coming from there. Um so hopefully um we hopefully Jose sees that and he can look to um exploit um their two centre backs. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the sound of that. Uh, we've been here with another two pounds. Let's force our fullback central and let our uh, let our wingbacks in. Uh, and again, look, that's another good point. We'll be getting onto United and their fullbacks very shortly, Wayne. So we will keep that one in mind. Uh, but Bobby, if Spurs, let's say we go for a four three three, what what three do you think gets the nod up at the the top end of the pitch for us? Well, I think we should give Kane a rest. 
Uh, no, I'm joking. Of course he plays. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was like, what? <laughs> no, no. Uh, Kane and, and Sonny's Sunny form does worry me, but you can't drop him. He's undroppable, isn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. I say that. But um, yeah, he does worry me. His form really, really has worried me. And since the contract talks, his, his form just not been there. Maybe it's just coincidence. Uh, but hopefully he's had a bit of rest now. So, um, yeah, Sonny and, and Kane, like Cody says, I can't see Bale playing. I, in, personally, I won't want to see Bale playing anymore. He's had four good games for us all season, in my eyes, in my personal opinion. Um, and down the right, it's it's take your pick, really. You know, there's Bergwijn, Hope, not Lamella. Um, you could, <laughs> if you want, to, if you want to integrate Lucas in there and play Lacelso in in the middle, then put Lucas out there. Lacelso could go out there. That's one place, and I think it's been a common factor of games of late. You can't. We can't be definitive on a on a choice on the right-hand side. Personally, I'd like, just just from what he was doing earlier in the season, and with Aurea by his side as well, I'd like to see Bergwijn just given a, a few games as well. I felt sorry for him. And there is something there. You've got to remember his, his age. And like I said, him and Aurea connected so well earlier in the season. I still have belief in him. I've got more belief in him than, than Bale, put it that way. So, uh, for me personally, what I, who I would choose would obviously Sonny down the down the right, uh, sorry, down the left, Kane and uh, Bergwijn for me, which might not be a popular choice. I understand that. I can I can guarantee you the eleven that we've picked. I think a lot of Spurs fans would agree is the best eleven or probably the strongest eleven yeah. we could play. It would not surprise me if none of them were on the pitch on Sunday. Yeah. You know, we could sit here and, and talk about tactics and all that as much as we want, but it's it's near impossible to uh, to predict Jose Mourinho. But moving on to to Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, did his press conference a while ago. I was talking about the players that uh, may be missing out of this one. Uh, Eric Bailly tested positive for COVID nineteen over the international break, so he will be out. Uh, Anthony Martial is expected to miss the rest of the season, and Phil Jones, another long term absentee, will not be available for this one. Uh, Paul Pogba picked up a little niggle in the game against Granada on Thursday, but he's expected to be fit. That's according to Laurie Whitwell, who is apparently a very reliable Manchester United journalist. And other players who picked up knocks but are expected to be fit are Luke Shaw and Marcus Rashford. Uh, David, we'll come to you in this one because United are a team who very heavily depend on a, a very small set of players. And I've mentioned three of those players there in Shaw, Rashford and Paul Pogba. Even if these players do pass fit for United, which again is expected, do you think they're the, the fact they're not a full match fitness or anything like that could uh, positively sway this game in Spurs' favour? To be honest with you, you think it should. But one thing I will say is, you know, there are players that are responsible on the ball. You know, they know how to look after the ball and they do the basics right. So that'll get them out of a lot of trouble. It will get them out of a lot of trouble compared to what we do. We just, you know, don't do the basics right. Just kick it to a player in the opposite colour shirt, run around after the ball for a little while. You know what I mean? And, and, and stuff like that. Look, for me, uh, I, I look. I know that Rashford wasn't even fit going into last night's game. He, he was kind of, you know, he, he he was forced to play. And look, he got his goal, whatever, you know. And it was one. And another reason why I definitely don't want Sanchez playing is because you seen Rashford's goal last night. One long ball straight over the top. Now, if that happens to Sanchez, he doesn't even know where the ball is. You know what I mean? So we can't. We definitely can't have that. But with these players picking up knocks. They know how, to, like, like, like I was saying, they know how to look after the ball, they keep control of the ball and they pass it well. So I do think that'll get them out of a lot of trouble. But in terms of maybe us turning them over, getting the ball and going forward, do they have the, the energy to get back if they're hurting with the knocks and stuff like that? Maybe not. So it'd be an interesting one. It'd be an interesting one. But I, I think 
in terms of them having possession, it's not going to affect them. But maybe going the other way, doing the defensive side of the games, and later on to the game, if we can if we can get someone on there that can keep possession, keep rotating, it make them run around a bit. I definitely think it'll have a major impact on them then. Well, I, I certainly hope it does because we need a lot to go in our way to to really have a chance in this game. And look, we we talk a lot about how Spurs' predicted lineup is is so impossible to do, but for United, their their first. Uh, kind of challenge in the predicted lineup comes at the very first position in, in goals with David De Gea being reinstated to the team last night for their game against Granada, his first game in over a month. Dean Henderson, a player that Spurs are linked with and apparently interested in bringing to the club, uh, is probably going to be starting this one. But I think it's it's difficult to, I suppose, tactically analyse either goalkeeper because they both have their qualities and they both have their um their 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 poor aspects of their game as well. But looking at that defence, I think it's it's almost safe to say it will be Wan-Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire and Shaw. And Cody, on that point of of trying to... Uh, exploit their centre backs or exploit their full backs, as Wayne said, force their full back central. Luke Shaw's a player who's been incredible this season. For me, the best left back in the Premier League. Do you think he's a player that we have the quality down our right hand side to exploit? Well, you know what? One thing about uh, United and their players is it's the question of their dynamism versus their consistency. They have a lot of players who are capable of doing great things on any given day. But if you watch Mm -hmm. some of their games, there are games where they go completely anonymous. Now, that being said, the likes of Pogba and Bruno, all they need is a sliver of a window and a moment of brilliance can impact the game. But in terms of the defense, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult to see how we break them down. Um, it really depends on on the possession battle. I don't really see us taking a lion's share of the ball. So I think if we're going to to take advantage of that defense, it's going to have to be on the counterattack. You know, we're going to have to take advantage when Luke Shaw tries to bomb up the pitch and, and find joy there. But, you know, one thing I will say uh, in response to Bobby's uh, prediction about Steven Bergvine on the right-hand side, Manchester United attacked down the left-hand side 43% of the time compared to 31% on the right-hand side. So that's on the right-hand side of our defense. And we saw what happened against Arsenal with Tierney and uh, Smith-Rowe. So that is definitely something that has to be going into the team selection and the tactics. We have to address the threat that they pose because that that side that they want to expose with Rashford and whatnot, that's going to be one of our biggest challenges. That's a it's a very good stat and and that one I was aware of. Um, they they do go down that left hand side a lot. We knew about Arsenal, I suppose, going into that game, uh, and Jose chose to do nothing about it. But look, as Wayne here says, another two pounds. Wayne again, thank you so so much. As Bergwijn and Aurier up against Shaw, perhaps that is the the best way we can try and, and quell them down that side. Uh, I, I would imagine it will be Marcus Rashford playing on the left with Anthony Martial's injury. Um, and of course, Edinson Cavani, I would assume, starting up front. But I'm sure the uh, a United fan or two in the live chat that could help us with that one. Uh, but, but moving on to the midfield, um, and Charlie, we'll come to you in this one. United, again, I would expect, will be playing the, their 4-2-3-1 with Pogba and McTominay in the double pivot and then uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, in, in the number 10 role, as always. How, how do you think we can contend with the creativity that they have in that midfield? Um, I think there's always the chance with um, Oli, I've seen it on United stand, that he could go with Fred and McTominay. If he goes for Fred and McTominay and leaves Pogba out, which we've seen him do a number of times, then I think... If Ndombele's on it, I really do think he can get the better of it because you look at look at a pivot of Fred and McTominay, there's not a lot of creativity there, if, if at all, any really at all. So if that's a pivot, which you've noticed in all the big games this season, he's tended to go for it, um, Fred and McTominay in the double. 
um, in the double pivot. So if, if that's the case, then I, I do think we could um, could get a bit of joy there um, with the likes of Undombele and Hoiberg there. However, if he goes for Pogba, it will definitely be a, a tougher challenge in there. We know the creativity that Pogba um, adds to their midfield. He's dragged them out of so many games this season with some worldy goals. Of course, Bruno Fernandes, you mentioned as well, um, can, can produce a moment of magic in there. So I think it is vitally important we win the midfield battle. As we know, a lot of games um, in the modern game I'm always one in the midfield battle. So, yeah, I think if if, if Oli does go for um, Fred and McTominay, then I think that could definitely help us because I, I do think we can get the better of that. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a point that's definitely worth bringing up. Before I go on to that, we've <laughs> Cody said in the live chat, smash a like if you think Spurs will win. Also smash a like if you think Spurs will lose. So, I mean, you can't be on the fence with that one. Make sure to smash that like button, see if we can get to, to 50 likes. And, and smash a like if you think that that'll be a draw as well. Draw, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Solskjaer tends to go with uh, Fred and McTominay in the games against the big six. Now, a lot of that has in the past been down to uh, absenteeism of Paul Pogba for, for whatever reason reasons but these are the games where United really struggle and I, I was on the, the Chiefs Room podcast last night and I kind of described this as United have kind of perfected playing against the smaller teams they're going to have those random blips the ones against uh, Sheffield United for example but against those smaller teams they they're really compact and they know what they need to do and that's why they I think are so high in the table because in the games against the bigger teams they simply survive and before their victory against Manchester City their only goal against the big six team this season was that penalty Bruno scored when we beat them 6-1 at Old Trafford so they don't like to play expansive football. They don't like to attack against the, the traditional big six, I'll say, because um, I'm sure their results against Leicester and West Ham would be uh, would be somewhat different. But even Bruno Fernandes, in, again, before that City game, he had one goal contribution in his, his last 630 minutes against the, the traditional big six. So, David, we'll come to you in this one. Could this be a situation where Spurs are the, the, going to be the more expansive or the more attacking team in this game? Like, do you think Solskjaer could be coming here just, just for a point? Um. Look, to be honest with you, yeah, I, I do think they'll be coming here for a point. But I also do think, you know, they'll fancy themselves with the way they set up. You know what I mean? If they can keep a tight push at us last 15 minutes, the psychology of when it keeps happening to us, you know, it's going to kick in and eventually they're going to score. Um, I, I, I do think that could be a factor. Um, but saying that, saying that, look... With Hernandez, he's a great player, but for me, if we can just clog up the middle, stop Fred, stop McTominay and stop Fernandez through the middle, I do think we're going to get a lot of joy. And then it's about us looking after the ball. We, we can definitely hold sustained periods of attack and play in this game if we just look after the ball and do it right. You know what I mean? Prod, probe, everything else. Like none of this, you know, trying to play it straight directly through the middle or trying to play this one too when there's nothing on. Sometimes you just need someone there to recycle the ball. And I do think we're going to need that this game. Um, my prediction is, I actually think we're going to see an unbelievable performance from um, End on Bad Boy. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. I'm not sure your, your old lad would be too happy with that, but I'd certainly no, love to, uh, to that, see that. I'd be disowned. I'd be put up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'd be plenty of takers. Uh, but there's one one area where I think United could try and quash or, or attack and uh, thread a bit. And Bobby, I'll come to you in this one. Playing Dan James down the right-hand side to try and keep Sergio Regalon penned back to stop his attacking threat. And look, Dan James is one of the fastest players in the Premier League. Yes. Even Sergio Regalon, I think, would struggle to, to keep up with him. Yeah. Is that something you'd be worried about? Or do you think Solskjaer just doesn't know what he's doing? No, no. I, 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 I think the thing about Dan James, yeah, he's got pace. But for me, from what I've seen, there's not much end product there. Um, yeah. I personally think he'll start with yes. Greenwood, purely because of that goal he, he, he got. So I, I think the front three will be uh, Rashford, Greenwood and, and Cavani. 
Um, I, I think there is a, a form of us to make, underestimating the likes of Fred and um, McTominay. I think a lot of good play does come through them, but they're not the types of players who mm-hmm. will ping a, a 40, 50 yards over the top to to mm-hmm. release the paces uh, down the flank. So, um, like Dave says, you know, I think I think a big game needed from both Pierre. Pierre's going to be a, a 7 out of 10, mm-hmm. 8 out of 10 anyway. But yeah, Endembele needs a, a big game, and uh, if we can, it's it's all about cutting off the service uh, to the front. With regards to Pogba and, and Bruno, Bruno hasn't hasn't really shown up for the last few games. He's uh, one good game in what five, six, so he's uh, gone off the boil. Uh, thank God we didn't get him. Hey, eh? hey, you knew. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, uh, in the in the large scale of things, Matt, I think all we need to do is is a turn up and, and make sure we put performance. We've proved. I know the previous game, the previous re- result means ne- nothing. I don't think so. I think it does. We've already shown that we can beat this team. We've already shown we can perform against this team. Yes, it was earlier on the season. A lot of been said about oh, they were against eleven against ten. We could have been three, four, one up before Martial got sent off. So we can perform against them. Jose needs to need to hold on to that, bring that to the fore and uh, and do do what they did, did before. The only goal that really sticks in my mind when we had that identity earlier on the season, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but it's Kane receiving the ball and, and setting uh, Sun off against Arsenal. And that's what mm-hmm. we need to do. We need to do more mm-hmm. of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think with regards to the, their front three, it, it comes down to our midfield to cut off the supply, which fortunately, I don't think Fred and McTominay have the repertoire to, to actually... Uh, Hit a ping ping long ball. So if we can cut off. One thing that concerns me about them though, Bob, is their energy. They have a lot of energy. Yeah, they have, mate. Yeah, you're right. And I do think they will outrun us, Uh, especially Matt Tommy. He'll just keep going, keep going. He's underrated, isn't he, mate? He's underrated, isn't Mm. he? No, he is. And it's just the energy. It worries me. Yeah, yeah. I knew switching these around would cause a problem at some stage. <laughs> Look, we got 39 minutes without it happening. So no, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, look, every, I think, selection United could go within the middle of the park does have its, its, its pros and its cons. But we're getting to that time in the stream, the, the time that some people love or some people hate, and it's time for score predictions. Um, <laughs> Cody, you've been sitting there quietly for a while, waiting patiently for your opportunity to inject a bit more positivity into this one. So how do you see this game panning out? What score are you going to go for? Well, I mean, uh, all signs are pointing to uh, United coming here and smashing us, which in a season where you have to expect the unexpected, I think it's about time that we put a little bit of positivity. I think we're going to take care of business. We're going to score early, open them up on the counter. We're going to put three past them, and we're going to keep a clean sheet. And I have absolutely no factual evidence as to why that <laughs> happened. But with all the negativity going on, somebody has to pull in the uh, in the positive direction. But I will say this. If, if you want to look at where United are in the table compared to where we are, there's a couple of statistics that can illustrate, and I talked about it on We Are Tottenham TV. Yeah. In the last 10 minutes of games, Man United have scored 19% of their total goals for the season. Spurs have scored 4% of their total goals in the last 10 minutes of a game. In terms of conceding, United have conceded 15% of their total goals in the last 10 minutes of games, and Spurs have conceded a whopping 28% of all goals conceded have come in the last 10 minutes of games. 
so, it's not really, <laughs> it's not really <laughs> to see where the problem is. We're gonna win you know? the league. <laughs> we need to come. We need to come up clutch. We need to put our foot down. We need to finally exercise our demons and finish a game off and stop. You know, if we're sitting on a one goal lead, it's time for us to continue to attack because we've proven it time and time again that we're just not capable of protecting the leads. So we have to keep attacking. And uh, yeah, I would like to see three nil, obviously. <laughs> Well, that's definitely the part of the stream that I'm uh, clipping for Twitter. Uh, nice one, Cody. Uh, Charlie, how do you see this one panning out? Um, <laughs> oh, so, oh, God, this is it. Come on, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. <laughs> so, yeah, look, um, it depends. It depends, really. I think we'll see in the first five minutes what the attitude is on the pitch, um, quite frankly. Um, look, if I'm completely honest, I'm not confident, really, um, at all, because we allowed, for, for starters, we allowed Newcastle with Joe Linton up front, 22 shots, and these guys are going to have world-class players like Cavani and Rashford. So I do worry. Our defence is a shambles. I think if he brings Toby back in alongside Roden, that will give me more confidence. However... We just, we just, we we got to take our chances. If we, the, the the chances we do get, we just have to take them. And um, I'm more look. I have no confidence in us keep, keeping a clean sheet at all with this defence. So I'm gonna sit on the fence. I'm gonna go one one. Um, that's my brain. Um, my heart. I'd love to say Spurs. Uh, my heart's saying a Spurs win, but my head um, is saying one one. I'm just gonna sit on the fence with this one. <laughs> love it. I'm gonna have to look up this clean sheet phrase that you keep using. I've never heard of it before. Um, Bobby, how do you see this one panning out? Well, till, till you uh, stated that Ollie might come in and, and get, come for a draw and we might nullify that and etc. I, 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 it looks like it's going to be a ball nil-nil. But no, I'm going to stick to what I've been saying all week. 2-1 to Spurs. Came with a double. Oh, positive, positive stuff there. And speaking of positivity, David Harris, the Irish Hotspur. Come on, let's get this. Let's get this. What's your score prediction? Yeah, no, no, look, I'm going to go 2-1. I really do think we're going to turn United over. I think they might score first. Look, everything is stacked against us going into this game. You know what I mean? Everything's stacked against Mourinho, stacked against the players, top four is on the line. I just have a feeling we could end up coming out and making a statement this game. Look, I... It could be more than 2-1, but I'm going to go 2-1 because I know a lot of people think I'm deluded. So I'm going to stay safe and I'm going to go 2-1. But I genuinely think it could be another statement win. You never know. One thing I do want to say is to everybody, make sure you smash that like on the stream. It's been an absolute fantastic stream. Smash or subscribe on Matty's channel. And before we end off, get a super chat or two in. It's payday. Don't be like Levy. Unzip them pockets and get a super chat in. <laughs> I appreciate that, David. Thank you. Um, in, in terms of my prediction for this one, uh, again, look, I was on the cheese room last night. I went for, for a 2-1 win for Spurs, and I suppose I'm along the same lines as Cody for no reason other than I want it to happen. For no reason other than it would just be grand. It would be, it would be good for us if it did happen. I think, look, United, they, they don't do well against the big six teams, and I suppose typically Spurs don't either, but it just feels like that type of game where, like we were saying, after drawing against Newcastle, the disappointment of that, it just seems like a game where Spurs would just randomly show up and then go out the next week and lose against Barnet if we were playing them in the FA Cup or whatever. It just has that kind of feeling uh, of that game for me. So I'm going to go with a, a 2-1 win for Spurs. Again, probably more more hard than brain, but there's no point to being here if we're not going to be uh, positive and, and hoping for, for a win for our own team. Uh, but look, uh, it's been a, a fantastic, fantastic stream uh, with the, the, the five of us today. I don't know if my connection is gone or if... Uh, anyone else's connection is gone but uh, thank you very much to, to, the, to the four lads for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure I've thoroughly enjoyed it make sure to go uh, check them all out uh, on social media across Twitter and YouTube they do massively deserve it uh, thank you to everyone who has tuned in uh, it's greatly appreciated and as always thanks for watching oh,
this is not working. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.